Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Wide Men Can't Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network, located at blogtalkradio.com slash widemencantjump and at widemencantjump.com. Here's the best pod in sports, bringing you all the NBA highlights, analysis, and even some college basketball analysis as well. This show is brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New and cambay.com. You can find this show at iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you find podcasts, as well at widemencantjump.com. Now let's go to the flagship program and this episode of Wide Men Can Jump. That's right, that's right, it's Wide Men Can't Jump. We are back. It's episode 65, it's Nate... And with me this week, it's Tim, my co-host from no, no, the Great no, White it, North. No, 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 It is not Tim. It is Yukon Fultz. <laughs> well, either way. Because I cannot. Yes, yes, yes. Don't so bad. I feel bad because I can't lift my arm up to salute. <laughs> you can't lift your arm up to put it over I'm, your heart? or over- Yes, I, I'm, I'm Yukon. Folks, today I, I'm down to the left arm. Uh, <laughs> I have the scapular imbalance, the bo- scapular border imbalance. Uh, yeah, I don't know. This is no. I tell you what. What I will say is, if he really does have a shoulder injury that's that bad, God do I feel sorry for him because even having one arm somewhat down for the count really, really sucks. Oh yeah. So, yeah. So I know you've been. I know you have a legit like hurt shoulder, and it's been kind of rough on you. It's as been, of uh, late. So. The, the old uh, the lower shoulder from the elbow to the bicep has been swollen up a little bit lately, and you just don't want to reach up too fast. So I can imagine going for like rebounds is right out of the question. Or oh, definitely. Threes, but or any of that. But, but anyhow. But yeah. Before we go too far, it is trade deadline time, and there have been trades upon trades upon trades upon trades today that you. we're going to get into. But first, is, are, are the potential running the trade center? Apparently, but first, the biggest trade piece out there right now, and the biggest what's the word here? The biggest asset that people are after is coming from the New Orleans Pelicans, and joining us right now. From the Locked On Pels podcast is Jake Madison. Oh, yeah, right to it. Jake Madison. Sweet. From the New New Orleans Pelicans and co-hosts on Locked On NBA on Wednesdays. And apparently, according to Twitter, he secretly Jose Calderon. Jake, what's up, man? Not too much. Thanks for having me on. Oh, no, not a problem. So glad you could join us here. Let's go ahead and talk about the thing nobody's talking about, you know, Anthony Davis. Uh, nobody's really mentioned it, so we wanted to make sure we were the first to get in on it. Uh, but Anthony Davis, the big piece, uh, the big trade offer that we're hearing, all the rumors. What can you tell us about this trade situation that Anthony Davis has been in the middle of here, whether it be the Lakers or whoever, whomever it may be? What can you tell us about that? Uh, certainly a lot. It's kind of evolved uh, in a bunch of different directions over the past week or so. Right now, it just sounds like there's no real contact anymore, at least currently, between the Lakers and the Pelicans. Uh, the Pelicans just seemingly want to wait till the summer when they're going to have the Boston Celtics in the running 
They haven't been completely enamored with the offers and this whole process from the Los Angeles Lakers. Some of they're just high on those Lakers young players as others are. They prefer a guy like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and back to him instead of Lonzo Ball, even Zubach, um, Josh Hart, Kyle Kuzma, and Brandon Ingram. You know, four first-round picks in addition to those five guys is really what they want from the Lakers. It sounds like that's a little too rich for the Lakers. So we're kind of at this stalemate right now. We may hit the trade deadline tomorrow, and Anthony Davis will still be a member of the New Orleans Pelicans. Yeah, and it, it seems like he's going to be that way. But, you know, there was talks of the offer from the Lakers. We saw – I know the the Internet kind of broke when the offers came in. Um, they were offering a lot, apparently, were the Lakers for him. Did the Pelicans not feel as though that was enough to give up Davis yet? Or or what what were they thinking on that? The, the supposed offer that, you know, we, we kind of found out. If you're not, if you haven't been paying attention, you've been living under a rock, the big offer was just a slew of players for Anthony Davis that included Brandon Ingram, uh, Kyle Kuzma, Alonzo Ball, Zubak, Rajon Rondo, Lance Stevenson, uh, a couple of first-rounders. Um, am I right on that? Uh, Jake, am I, am I yeah, nailing it, that it's one? Gone over, for the most part, it's gone over a couple of different iterations. The Lakers have not handled this process particularly great. They have an opportunity in this window here where the Boston Celtics cannot trade for Anthony Davis because they have Kyrie Irving under contract. You can't have two guys under the same type of deal on the same team. And the Lakers, I guess, did not realize you've got to play, pay a premium when it's basically just you negotiating and not having maybe your chief rival in the mix for this. You know, the Pelicans weren't happy with the Lakers when their opening offer did include Rajon Rondo, Michael Beasley, and Lance Stevenson. When you think about it, no trade for Anthony Davis should really be centered around those three guys, including two of them who've been on the Pelicans in recent years. So I think they haven't liked that. And then finally, eventually, when the Lakers made a decent offer of those five young guys of Hart, Zubach, Ingram, Kuzma, and Ball – you know, at that point, maybe things had gotten so contentious that they were just kind of sick of dealing with the Los Angeles Lakers. And it hasn't worked. And maybe if the Lakers sweetened the deal a little bit more, it was those five guys plus two first-round picks plus um, KCP. I think that, you know, could potentially, you know, get it done if you add another pick or two to it and at least make the Pelicans consider it. But it sounds like that's too rich for the Lakers. That's kind of why they felt that this deal has died and they haven't been back in touch with each other because they just don't see themselves getting anywhere. Look, it's a lot of players. That's five guys plus, in theory, four picks, which is what the Pelicans are asking for. But if you want Anthony Davis, that's what you're going to have to pay. We haven't seen a superstar of this level up for trade maybe since Kareem Abdul-Jabbar forced a trade to the Lakers years and years and years and years ago. So this is going to take a lot to get him. You know? And I think the way you look at the deal, was it, if you look at it and say the Lakers were offering too much or too little, just really comes down to how you value those five young guys. If you think Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball have potential to be all NBA guys, this is a good trade, and the Pelicans should take it. If you're not that high on those guys, and opinions are kind of all across the board on them, then it's a good thing that the Pelicans aren't doing it. They can wait to get a guy like Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown from the Boston Celtics, guys who maybe you then do feel are, are all NBA potential. So it really comes down to just which young group of players do you think can turn into the best young group of players, and that's the deal that you've got to go with. Well, let me ask you then, since you're the guy who – 
focuses on the Pelicans. You're the guy who covers the Pelicans. Do you think they should have taken that deal? Because I, when I first looked at it, I'm sitting there going, okay, they get all these young pieces who are on uh, really young contracts. They give up Davis, and then they get a bunch of expiring deals. Uh, most of all these guys are going to be gone. Then they would have room to land maybe a free agent. But do you think maybe a free agent would be able to convince them to – could they convince a free agent to come down there or no? That's a, a big problem. You don't really see big-name free agents taking you know uh, deals to go to smaller market teams. It's just kind of a fact of the NBA that that's not really how it works. And I think this team realizes while you lose Anthony Davis, you're not going to be competing next year. So having cap space and expiring deals doesn't actually do you all that much good to go out and try and sign free agents when you're not expecting to be back into the playoffs for two or three years. You know, I, I don't mind Lonzo Ball as a player. I think defensively he has, uh, he's going to be excellent. His passing is obviously very good already. Um, his outside shooting leaves a whole lot to be desired. And that's also kind of the case for Brandon Ingram. He doesn't really have that three-point shot to accurately space the court. He can score inside and he can score with the mid-range, but with the way the NBA is trending, if you don't really have a three-point shot, it kind of compresses your offense. It can make you a lot easier to defend. And getting two guys back in who would be starters who can't shoot threes is a bit of a problem. So I think that is something that's kind of making the Pelicans a little bit leery of that trade. And I think, you know, when it comes down to it, if you look at the best player in each trade, say from the Lakers being Brandon Ingram and then a potential deal from the Boston Celtics, they like Jason Tatum more. And that's why they want to wait, and that's why they want to get the Celtics into the bidding officially over the summer to see if they can get that guy from there and bring him to New Orleans. It sounds like even though the Pelicans and Celtics have been talking already, nothing can be officially done. And the Celtics are saying they're going to be very aggressive and basically putting everyone on the table come July. Okay. Well, that's the Anthony Davis uh, fiasco, if I can call it that, so far. Tim, do you have anything you want to yeah, ask, Jake? Yeah, let's, go, let's go back to that Back to that for a minute. Uh, any truth or any substance to the rumor that they might make the deal and then involve Phoenix, as that seems to be the place where Mr. Ball would like Ball Jr. to end up, and maybe they can get a better pieces that way? Potentially, and, you know, when you look at kind of the trade, particularly the Pelicans sending out two guys in Anthony Davis and Solomon Hill and getting back five guys, there's not enough roster spots for them, so that kind of needs to mean players are going to be rerouted. I think Phoenix making that trade today, bringing in Tyler Johnson from the Miami Heat, kind of makes that a little less likely since they kind of get their point guard there. But I still think Lonzo Ball would be a good fit there. I can tell you some people in New Orleans, though they like Ball as a player, really don't want to deal with his father whatsoever, LeVar Ball, and that's kind of creating an issue with this trade a little bit too. They also just don't necessarily want to bring in a player who's kind of unhappy. They lived with four years of that when, they, when Eric Gordon was a restricted free agent, and they matched the deal coincidentally from Phoenix there too. So potentially you could get a third team involved, move one of those other guys there, maybe for another future first-round pick, and you could replenish your, your roster through the draft in subsequent years. But I think right now they've still got to kind of agree on the base part of the deal, and until the Lakers start including more picks in it, I don't think it's going to happen. Fair enough. Are the is it safe to say that there are other players on the Pelicans up for trade? Maybe a Nikola Mirotic, 
Drew Holiday, Tuan Moore, guys like that? Or is basically anybody open to New Orleans to be traded? Yeah, I'd say pretty much almost the entirety of the roster, except for maybe two or three of the younger players they want to see if it pans out on them, um, are a little bit safe. But certainly Nikola Mirotic, they're looking to deal before the trade deadline, potentially Julius Randle as well. You know, maybe those guys can fetch you a high second-round pick, maybe multiple second-round picks or a very late first-rounder. So I think that's a bit of a stretch, given that they're both on expiring deals and they make the most sense to go to teams with playoff aspirations. So you don't want to give up too much for, you know, a three-month rental unless you think it guarantees you a trip to the conference finals or the NBA finals. When it comes to Drew Holiday, who's having, you know, his best year as a pro, second-best year as a pro, as you'd want to count last year too, they're in less of a hurry to move him. There's three more years on his deal um, two years after this one. So they're in no rush to move him. He's played great. He's a good influence in the locker room. And if you're bringing in young players, you need to kind of have that leader in place for them to learn the right habits, to kind of set the tone and build your culture. And Drew Holiday is a great guy to do that around. So unless they get blown away by an offer, I don't think you will see him get moved. But you never know. If someone comes in, offers two first-round picks, which is the minimum I think it would take to move Drew Holiday, then I could see them doing it. But right now, there's not really many teams that are going to make that offer. Okay. Tim, do you have a, uh, another question for Jake? I think you kind of covered it for me. I, I just I will throw out there that I think that trade, they shouldn't make it yet. I think they need to wait and see if they can't squeeze a little bit more out of the good old Lakers yet. Just you know, I'm in the, I may be in the minority here. You do make great points, Jake. You really do. I really like your points you made. You made me really think. I still think they should have took the deal. I do. I, I mean – I'm just here's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid as a New Orleans Pelicans fan or anybody if the Pelicans were my team, I would be afraid that after next year you don't get what you want and you end up taking less next season for him at the trade deadline than what you would have got because you have to trade him by next year. Otherwise, you're not getting anything for him. Well, he'll get moved before next season starts. I fully believe that. And it just comes down to which young guys you like. If you don't like any of those five young guys from the Lakers, and again, reactions to them are kind of mixed. Opinions are out on them. Then you're not really losing a whole lot. And maybe the Lakers come back in with a smaller offer uh, on July 1 when the Celtics officially get in right around you know, the, the NBA draft. And maybe they take out Josh Hart from the deal, and it's four guys and two first-round picks. If you didn't like Josh Hart anyway, it's no real big loss to you to get those four guys plus the picks and just minus Josh Hart when it meant you at least had a chance at Jason Tatum. There's a risk in this. There's a risk in this for the Lakers that they're not going to get Anthony Davis. There's a risk in it for the Pelicans that the offers go down or it doesn't come through like they want. But if you like Jason Tatum and that's the guy you want, and that's what it sounds like so far coming from the Pelicans, an office that they're willing to take that risk of the offer being slightly less with an asset that they don't like leaving to at least chase after what they want. So I think that's one of the big reasons why they're waiting around as well. One question I do want to ask, and again, I'm sorry for keeping you too long, but this this is a, a big trade that a lot of people are talking about, and I think we, it really needs to be discussed. Anthony Davis was removed from the team video. I've seen articles saying that the team's not letting him come back and play at this moment. 
Do you think that Davis, since you think you seem to be of the opinion and of the, you're more of an insider than I am, and you would know better than any of us here. Do you think Davis, if he's not dealt, will start playing again for the Pelicans, or do you think the Pelicans are just kind of like, you know what, we're done with you, and we're just kind of going to go into tank mode? It's it's tricky. If he's not dealt by tomorrow's deadline, he shouldn't play again. There's too much risk there. If he goes out and gets injured like DeMarcus Cousins did two years ago or last season, then it's, all of a sudden you've still got to trade him, and the return on him is going to be so much less than if he was healthy that it could potentially set your franchise back a year or two uh, compared to what you get when he's healthy. So that's number one going on there. Two is you want these minutes to go to these young players right now. Jaleel Okafor is kind of having a, a resurgence to his career because he's getting starters minutes in place of Anthony Davis. And you don't want to necessarily take those opportunities away from the future of your team just to give to Anthony Davis and when you want to lose, because frankly, draft pick is the name of the game right now. And if they lose more games, that's a good thing. It increases their odds in the NBA draft lottery, but it's complicated because we've seen the NBA find teams when they just rest players on certain nights as they get closer to the playoffs. They've kind of put new rules in place about that and they want to put the best product on the court, and in theory they could with Anthony Davis. So does the NBA then get involved in this and force the Pelicans to play him, or is there some sort of compromise that can maybe get reached? It's a weird situation. They're holding him out right now in advance of the trade deadline. He's not playing tonight. But in the future, I don't know. I would assume, and it makes sense, that he's done playing, but you never know how this is going to go because there's so many other parties that could get involved in this. Well, from personal experience, I think he needs to play again, uh, mainly because he is on my fantasy basketball team, and I need him to play. He was my first pick, so uh, I'm being selfish right now. So, Anthony Davis, if you're listening, my friend, please get back out on that court. But uh, one, uh, all joking aside, I think we do need to talk for a minute about Jaleel Okafor and kind of his career resurgence if we can think about that, how about Jaleel Okafor? And what are you seeing from him that's impressing you for the Pelicans? He's really stepped up and played well with these starters minutes. Yeah, you know, he's had an incredible, it's now eight games, I think, tonight with him getting the start. And over that period of time, I haven't looked at the numbers of the last two, but I think before that he was averaging 20 points and 10 and a half rebounds as that starting center for the Pelicans. And he's likely going to be starting for them next season. This is a guy whose career wasn't going the way that he wanted it to, and he really took some positive steps and the correct steps to get it back on track. He's been plagued by depression and other mental issues. He started seeing a therapist, doing what he could to kind of get that part of his life in order and right. He worked on his body a whole lot more. He went vegan for a while. He dropped a ton of weight, put on muscle. Um, he looks like a completely different person. And then he found the right organization that was willing to be patient with him to come in to work hard and prove that he you know, should be out on the court, and he did it. He didn't complain when he wasn't getting minutes early on in the year, and he was patient, and he waited his time until it was his opportunity. And then when he stepped in, he was ready to succeed, and I think that's kind of been the big thing. Mentally he got right, physically he got right, and he found the right fit. And when you kind of have all three of those things, you're seeing the success that he's having from it. And this is a guy who next year is going to be an absolute feel of a player. He's going to be making $1.7 million. And if he can come close to 20 and 10, you're not going to get much better production for that, for that kind of money. No, you're not. And uh, I'll be honest, I haven't got to watch a lot of him in New Orleans. Watched a few minutes. How's his defense looked? That's, 
leaves you wanting at times, but you know what? It, it's not as bad as it could be. Certainly he's not going to be maybe, you know, in the top half when it comes to that sort of thing. But he defends the rim well. You've seen him have multiple blocks in games here in New Orleans. He's actually trying on there. He's got enough mobility and athleticism that if you pull him out on the paint, put him on the perimeter, you know he's somewhat guard shooters out there or guys that can drive and doesn't get completely burned, which goes a long way usually when you have Anthony Davis down low to kind of protect the rim when someone's out on the perimeter. But he's kind of filling a lot of that right now. The interior defense has been good. As he gets more comfortable in the system and maybe they put better defensive players around him, the Pelicans' defense has been pretty bad all year long. I think that'll make him look a little bit better on that end. But overall – for what you have here, you know, it's tough to complain. Okay. Tim, I want to ask you one more time, do you have any other questions for Jake? If not, we'll go ahead and let him go and get back to uh, what the Pelicans are on, aren't they? Or they're, yeah, they're about pl- to come on? Yeah, they're, yeah, no, they're playing tonight, right? Yep, they're in Chicago. It was 60, halftime, so <laughs> we timed it perfectly. 64 in the third quarter I have. Or the Bulls, so they're down by a point, but hanging in there. Well, they're actually – I've got them up four now on the Bulls. So, oh, well, I, Jake, we'll, we'll let you get back to your Pelicans. I know you need to go do that, but we do appreciate I you do for too. jumping on and giving us the lowdown on this Anthony Davis deal yeah. and what's been going on and all the craziness here around the trade deadline. So, if there's any way you can let our listeners know where they can find you, where they can keep up with you on all things Pelicans. Yeah, absolutely. You can follow me on Twitter. It's at Nola Jake. Been pretty active on there the past week or so with all this Anthony Davis trade drama. And then the podcast I host Monday through Friday, so five days a week there for you guys daily. It's called Locked on Pelicans. You can find it wherever you get your podcast from. Just search Locked on Pelicans. All right. Well, thanks, Jake. Again, the foresight here, the man who knows the Pels, and we appreciate you jumping on here on Wide Men Can't Jump, and uh, we hope to have you back, and we'll talk some more uh, New Orleans Pelicans and NBA next time you're on. Of course. Thanks for having me on, you guys. Anytime, man. Thank you. And that was Jake Madison from the Locked On Pelicans podcast, and we get a lot of inside information yeah. there from him on this Anthony Davis deal that you wouldn't hear just anywhere. We should have asked him if we could have called call him Jake the Snake. <laughs> you know, not not for any other reason than than the wrestling connection, but it just sounds cool. I bet he'd be next time he that. comes on. Next time he comes on, we'll we'll do it and just see if he likes it. See if he, if if not. he goes with it. <laughs> Yeah, no, obviously, another, obviously another guy who uh, who knows what he's talking about and uh, very fluent in all things Pelican, which, to be honest, for me, is just not a team. I just don't get to see a lot of them, like not even chances no. to see them small much market. because they're small market and it's not on the national radar too much. And that's a shame, really, because it, it's nice to see those teams you don't see very often. Yeah, small market team uh, don't get a lot of attention based on, especially, and, you know, last season, they were a good team last season. You know, they they were six, the sixth seed in the playoffs. They go in and they go to the second round. They make it all the way to the Western Conference semifinals. They lose. Um, I believe they lost. I'm trying to remember. They lost to, I believe, Houston in the second round. 
I want to say no. No, it was Golden State. They lost to Golden State in the second round. Utah lost. <laughs> no, no shame either way there. No, yeah. no, no shame either way. And you know, Anthony Davis to me, when healthy, is probably one of the best players in the league when he's healthy. And when he was on the court this year, he was having an MVP like season. He just well, I got to get it to... was. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I just no. I, I watched I watched a lot about that trade today. And I was mm-hmm. of the same. I was of the same opinion you were initially. That like, what are they waiting for? You know, bring bring down the hammer on that and let's get moving. Yeah. But the more they talked about it, the more I got swayed to that. If you really piece that trade down, what are they really getting? They're getting a lot of maybes, a lot of ifs, a lot of might bes. But they're giving up a for sure. Well, my biggest issue with that deal, and the reason why I thought they should just go ahead and do it, was you're getting Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Zubak, and there's there's some good players that you're getting there. Now, granted, none of these guys are going to change your franchise. None of these guys are going to be superstars, we think. Yeah, but you're getting so many good players. And then you get Rondo and Stevenson. And those guys are contracts that are done after this season. They're gone. That clears up cap space. Not saying New Orleans is really a destination for an NBA free agent, but you give yourself a chance to maybe entice a free agent to come over and say, hey, look at all this young talent that we have. We're just, you know, we're one really good, two really good players away from being where we need to be. Yeah. The, the point was, was made, though, that, that could turn you, into something. That's the problem, though. It's all coulds. They need at least one piece in there. That's a for sure. Maybe not on the, on the obviously not on the level of Davis, of course, but yeah. they need one player in there that they know, okay, we make this deal, we're going to have this guy for three or four years or however long they deem it to be the window to be and that he's going to help us. And right now, okay, the draft picks, let's be honest, as, as enticing as they sound on paper, those are those are hit and misses. You just don't know. Well, depending and they're not going to be, on, and they're not gonna be they're top not gonna five be lottery picks. They're not going to be right. lottery picks. So because you have to assume the Lakers of, are going to be in the playoffs. Right, so those are kind of roll of the dice moves. Uh, Kuzma, I like. Ingram is all right. Ball is all right, but if you take Ball, you take Lavar, and I don't even want to get started under Lavar and his nonsense today or yesterday. <laughs> yes, where he, he, he where he him. threw Luke where well where he threw Luke Walton under the bus because he doesn't have the balls to throw Magic Johnson under the bus. Um, you know, he didn't want to punch above his weight there. So that could be a problem pending. Uh, I, I don't know. I just, like I said, you know, initial look is it looks really good. But then when you really start to take it piece at a time, I mean, they're giving up one hell of a player. They've got to get back something because if that trade, let's, let's say like, okay, they make that trade. And Kuzma, uh, those guys stay what they are. The draft picks turn into, even if they turn into half-decent players, but that's it. That trade's a loss. They lost on that trade, and they can't afford to have that happen. I don't want to be that guy, but 
I don't think the Pelicans are going to win on this trade, no matter what they get. I mean, uh, but okay, that you might be right, but it's his job to try to do that. So if he can suck another, you know, if waiting to get the Celtics involved, or as I've heard today, a lot of talk about the Suns doing something with the Celtics and involving both teams somehow, which I don't know how the hell that's even going to work, but it's, it's happened before in the NBA where there might be some more movement before the big trade so that they can get more for him. It's, he's, he's bound to, to check that stuff all out before he pulls the hammer. So maybe they're just doing their due diligence, and we may end up right back where we started. I read about 10 minutes ago that they said he will not – Davis won't see the court until after the trade deadline. Like he won't play, which kind of infers to me that he's staying and that they'll play him. That's how I read well, that anyway. Which we'll, made no we'll sense see. either, but we'll see, I guess, right. It's only what? Tomorrow at noon? Yeah, tomorrow tomorrow sometime. I believe it, it might be noon to, or somewhere in that range. Yeah, but yeah, I'm the trade deadline. Sure what, the, what the time is, but it's tomorrow afternoon sometime. I yeah, believe. so it all ends tomorrow, the trade deadline, and this is kind of our trade deadline special. There's been a lot of moves made today, Tim. <sighs> We're going to get into those. Let's get to the biggie. Um, well, Come you're, on, already, you're, get... so, you're so excited about this. Actually, I, like so the other, I, I kind of like the other trade, which kind of got mentioned, but didn't really seem to get a lot of fanfare. And I hate the Lakers. Well, well, we'll, but... we'll talk about that in a minute. But first, before we talk about the ability to trade and make your team happy, we need to talk about how you can make yourself happy. And one way to do that is at cambay.com. Let's take a listen. Are you sick of the boring, same old cam sites with the same old girls and the same boring content? Well, now's your chance to jump over to a brand new website called cambay.com. C-A-M-B-A-E.com. When you're on Cambay, whatever you want and whatever you desire is right at your fingertips. Be sure to join right now and use promo code WIDEMEN to get 20 free credits on Cambay.com. Use those credits to go towards whatever your fantasy is and make sure that you know Cambay.com wants to make you as happy as you can be. Be sure to join right now. Again, it's Cambay.com, C-A-M. B-A-E dot com and unlike college, it's not going to take you guys 20 free credits to finish. So join cambay.com right now use promo code WIDEMAN and get your free credits. Again, that's our great sponsors at cambay.com I got a Robinson-like story to share with you quick about that. Real quick. Okay, go ahead. Go for it. I once once had a preacher when I was a young lad who, and I quote, told us, if you're not sticking it in, it ain't a sin. (laughs) Yeah. Now, go go figure. (laughs) Yeah, do the math on that for a minute. And I thought to myself, well, I think that's kind of a guide to live my early teen years by. (laughs) <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. What else? So, in, in results to the can base, so you're not even 
You know, you don't have to feel guilty about it. <laughs> oh, God. God don't, God don't mind. So there you go. You can't fault. You can't fault, ladies and gentlemen. That's How like really, bad, that, but... really bad wrestling gimmick. You can't fault. Doesn't do any moves <laughs> with his arms. Good Lord. All right. <laughs> anyway. Let's Moving take on. a look here. <laughs> You're killing me, man. That's funny. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Get back right. in the game. Let's go ahead and dive in here. You mentioned it earlier. We're going to talk about all the trades that have been going down. There's a lot of trades that have been happening over, the past, over the past few days. I'm going to go through my timeline here because I've been sharing – Sharing trades. So we'll just go take them in order as they were been popping up, okay? Um, so here's what I'm looking at. Uh, Rodney Hood apparently has turned Kyle Corver. We got Kyle, excuse me, hold on, let me see here. Portland is acquiring acquired Rodney Hood, and the Cavs are stockpiling draft picks. So if you're looking at that, we're looking at Rodney Hood getting to go to Portland, as if they need another guard who can shoot, <laughs> if so I can what say is, that. What, what is this whole – did I miss this trade? The houston this was a couple of days sacramento ago. trade? We're getting to that. We're getting to that. This is according to Adrian Wojnarowski. Hood was one of the more pursued rotation wings on the market and gives the Blazers another offensive weapon for a postseason run. Continues – Cleveland continues to stockpile draft picks and guard Alec Burks likely on deck next for a trade. So Burke, I believe, ended up getting dealt as well. So basically Cleveland is giving up, ladies and gentlemen, just as I said they should have done before they signed Kevin Love to that ridiculous deal. But what do I know? They're dying for Zion, baby. (laughs) Yeah, them and the Knicks, it's going to be close. And the Suns, it's going to be close. Uh, another move that a lot of people um, didn't – this is a move that kind of came out of nowhere. The Lakers traded, and forgive me for the butchering here, the Vostislav McCulloch and a draft pick to Detroit for Reggie Bullock. And I actually think that's a good deal this for the This is the trade I was just the talking Lakers. about. Yes, they, get, they, get a three, they finally have somebody who can shoot some threes. Finally. Yeah, Bullock's a good player. I think Bullock's an underrated player that he plays in Detroit, so not a lot of people talk about him a lot. No. But Bullock's going to bring he's he's kind of a he, he's good on defense. He can knock down an open jump shot. But he's a guy if you look at the way he plays, he'll fit in perfectly for what LeBron I mean, uh, Lakers well, team. Will he will he has passed the LeBron litmus test? I'm sure. I'm sure LeBron was. I'm sure LeBron was probably orchestrating this trade. Because on that <laughs> note, did you hear what did you hear what Jalen Rose said about LeBron today? What did Jalen Rose say? He had a better. He has a better chance of winning an Emmy than he does of winning another championship. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. But Reggie Bullock <laughs> this season. Yeah, that's kind of the point. Uh, yeah, Reggie Bullock this season averaging 12 points per game, two rebounds per game, point six steals. Yeah, good. Shooting shooting 39% from three. So he's shooting 39% from three. So you you can't ask for 
well, more than that. Who was taking late for Yeah, compared to anybody on the Lakers, those numbers are golden. Oh yeah, I mean, definitely. Not, and anybody that could shoot threes, I mean, Lonzo was their great. Well, yeah, and we know where that, how that's working out. Um, yeah, no, yeah. that was a good trade. Think, that was a good trade for for LA. I, I like that. I trade. think Bullock's gonna slide in there in LA. He'll be a good piece. Um, I'm not. Let me let me go look here. Since this deal was made, Tim, I'm gonna look here. I didn't get to do as much research before the show Are as I wanted sure? to. That he's passed the Los Angeles ass kissing test, so he's <laughs> state of California. He he publicly uh, ran down Luke Walton, so he qualifies on that. Uh, he fits. He fits in perfectly. Then uh, Bullock, Bullock is actually Tim. Bullock's an expiring contract. He is after this year, his money comes off the books. Well, they may. So maybe they may deal. Well, it's getting a little late to deal them again, but well, maybe they figure they just. I you never know with the mindset there has still. I mean, to me, the Lakers are not a playoff team, but the way the Lakers talk, they are. So well, the Lakers are sitting there, but here, here's, here's this, Tim. When you look at the contract that they gave up, they had. Uh, they had Sly, as I'm going to call him here. I'm going to call him, or, or excuse me, you know, God, I can't pronounce this guy's name. McCulloch. We'll call him McCulloch. He was signed till 2022 before he became a restricted free agent. Now, granted, he wasn't going to be a big cap hit next year. He was only going to be about next season $1.4 million, but the Lakers just freed up another million dollars in cap space next uh, year. And they're gonna they're gonna make a legitimate run at two big time free agents. They're literally getting to the point, Tim, where this team next season, the only guy they have signed next season is gonna be LeBron, and that LeBron. might be it. And he'll be that, and and that'll be LeBron will be the happiest he's ever been in his NBA career. <laughs> he gets to play with all of his friends. Um, go out and play himself. <laughs> you know, a friend of mine, a friend, a friend of mine messaged me today, um, and, and he's a Hornets fan. But he sent me a message, and just it, it was out of the blue, completely out of the blue. And he told me, he said, LeBron James is clearly a bad teammate, isn't he? <laughs> and I said, what makes you say that? He goes, everywhere he goes, he just destroys teams and demands they be rebuilt around him. Yeah. So what do you what do you think on that, uh, Tim? What, are you of that ilk? I mean, listen, I mean, again, we're kind of in that stuck spot where, uh, you know, the results-wise, you can't really kind of argue with the, the the results for the most part. I mean, he has managed to win and get there several times. Three championships uh, in eight attempts. But he does leave a tremendous amount, uh, amount of rubble in his wake, <laughs> as is evidenced by – let's go have a look at the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, have the Miami Heat ever recovered? The answer would be no. Well, the Miami uh, Heat, uh, they haven't fully recovered, no. And the Cavaliers only recovered when he came back, and now they're in full-on uh, quit mode. Yeah, they're in even worse shape than they were before. Um, not, and not only does he go in and demand personnel, but he gets into management. 
He gets coaches fired and hired. I mean, yeah. I, like I said today, I mean, Luke Walton is, whether you like him or not, uh, statistically is one of the best coaches in the league. And from all reports, is a good coach. And yet LeBron has just about got him on the on a garbage heap. Through no fault of Luke Walton's. I mean, he's he's doing what he can with what the Lakers have got, which isn't much. Let's be honest. That's true. You know, it's it's not true. That much. And they, they're not they're about where they should be, you know, hovering on a playoff spot because that's all they really have. And yet somehow, because we've got LeBron attached to this project, you know, that's that's another reason that I like that the Pelicans have not taken that trade yet. They have not bowed to the the Los Angeles Lakers, who have just kind of come out and said, "Well, we're we're going to get Anthony, Anthony Davis. We're just going to get him because we're the mighty Lakers, and eventually you've got to get it, give in to us." And they've kind of said, "Yeah, no, no, we don't. Or if we do, we're going to get what we want, what we think is the best deal we can get." And it looks like now the Lakers have kind of pretty much come out and said that they expect nothing to happen. They don't figure there's going to be a trade now. So, uh, but as far as LeBron wrecking teams and franchises, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm in agreement with that. I mean, it's hard it's hard to deny. I mean, at this he point, don't, he don't leave them better than he found them. That's for damn sure. I mean, that granted, he's he has brought he has brought two titles to New Orleans, or not? No, excuse me, Miami. He brought two titles to Miami and one to Cleveland. But, I mean, and, and I'm sure those franchises wouldn't change that. But at the same time, you get, what, four? You get maybe three successful, really successful seasons. Meanwhile, then you go through a slump of how long has Miami been hurting? They're still, like, they're I'd nowhere like to, near what they were. I'd like to see that broken down in a financial sense of, okay, but, these, are the, these are the years, that, like for the Cavaliers, for instance, these are the years we won the title, and this is what it, this is how much profit the team actually ended up making that year. Because it had to have cost them way more to, like, even if those moves were actually how well they even panned out in a financial sense. Because usually winning the title, you know, <laughs> leads to more money. But I'm wondering in those cases if it does. You know, I'm going to bring this up because we didn't talk about this last week because this happened. Um, we, this happened after the show, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Dallas, since you brought up a financial thing, there's a stat here I'm getting to, so hang with me. Uh, New York and Dallas did their agreement last week. Uh, th- we didn't touch on this last Wednesday, did we? We, we It was uh, Thursday yeah, when this deal broke. Chris Stapps Porzingis has, was sent to the Dallas Mavericks for – Dennis Smith Jr., Wes Matthews, and other contracts going to New York uh, and picks going to New York. Tim Hardaway Jr. and Trey Burke also go to Dallas, and they finish those final terms. Okay, here <laughs> you're gonna. This is this is a wild statistic, and this comes from our good friend Tommy Beer, who's been on the show before. He's an NBA analyst for NBC, Roto World, Basketball Insiders, Forbes. He's a he's a Knicks guy. Do you know the last time, because they were talking about this, the New York Knicks did not have not re-signed a draft pick after their rookie deal in a while. Do you know when the last time the New York Knicks signed a multi-year contract that they drafted after his rookie deal? 
and who it was. You probably won't know who it was, but take a guess on the year, the last time the Knicks oh, re-signed a, a draft guess, pick. Like 15 years ago? No. Nineteen ninety four. Holy Jesus! Back in the Ewing days, and the player was Charlie Ward. That was the last time the Knicks signed a multi year contract player after their rookie deal. (laughs) So think about that. (laughs) Always maintained that the Knicks, though, in the management sense, have always been a hot mess because they can afford to be. Uh, I just saw they came out. They're the highest valued franchise in the league, despite yeah, the fact yeah, that, they, that. that they're hot garbage because it's New York and there's a certain amount of prestige attached to there, regardless of whether you're any good or not. Uh, because if they ran, the, I mean, if the Pelicans ran their team the way the Knicks ran their team or run their team, the Pelicans would be out of business. Oh, yeah. A lot of teams would. The buildings would be empty. Nobody'd go, but because it's New yeah. York, it's not that hard to find twenty thousand people to put in a building when you're in a city of whatever it is, you know, twenty million or however many, an awful, a god awful amount. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know, but but then yeah, because I, I'm sure that that's the tank is on. So, so here's my next thing on that. I don't like the fact that Dallas sent Dennis Smith Jr. I don't know why they were so – I'm sure he was the main piece to getting to getting it there. You know what I mean? Like, he was the guy that was that can probably spurred the trade. Without him, the trade probably doesn't get done. And I get why Dallas goes after Porzingis. I get it. Porzingis is, when healthy, an all-star. Dallas isn't going anywhere this year. So they let Porzingis set the year, heal from his from his tear, which we don't know if he's going to be better from or not. Then you have Porzingis, you have a lot of young talent on this, this Mavericks team. You have Doncic. Uh, they got rid of DeAndre Jordan in that deal as well. So DeAndre Jordan is now gone uh, to the Knicks. I'm trying to figure out what the Mavericks are doing. They don't have a draft pick next year in the first round, unless they trade for one somewhere. I don't know what they're going to do there. They don't have a draft pick. I don't know if they're going to be able to convince anybody to come to Dallas and sign as a free agent. Now, maybe they will. Mark Cuban's not afraid to spend in the luxury tax. Uh, He's been known to go hard and heavy after free agents. So, hey, I'm not saying it's out of the possibilities. It could happen. The pairing of Porzingis and Doncic is nice. There's just nothing else there. Harrison Barnes has been disappointing since he left Golden State. Uh, Matthews was disappointing, which he's gone now. They have really no point guard to really speak of. Is some of that just uh, – well, we'll get to it when we get to the Rockets trade there. Where some of the oh, yeah, we're definitely going to get there. Where, where some of the guys that are have been thrown in there, it's purely for numbers reasons. It's not – because of who they are. It's just their salaries fit the criteria for what we need to move those needles to where we need them to go. I'm not sure if that's the case in the Mavericks next trade or not, but it seems to me that a lot, of the, a lot of the trades in the NBA, it's about one player, and then the other seven guys in the deal, it's cap space, it's luxury tax, 
it's max deals. It's, it's a bunch of other things that really don't have that much to do with the quality or whoever, or whoever's involved. They're just guys who happen to fit the, the, the numbers game. That's like I said, as we'll get into here with that rockets trade, because it's that one's quite interesting. Yeah. Well, uh, the next deal I do want to look at is that trade because I'm saving this, the big one here for, for last. There's been a couple of, of big trades went down today um, before the show went on the air. Let's look at this one here. Um, Houston is sending – Houston, Cleveland, Sacramento complete a three-way deal that will send Amon Shumpert to the Rockets. Uh, Houston sends a lottery-protected 2019 first-round pick to the Cavs. No danger there. Houston's making the playoffs. Cleveland sends Alec Burks to the Kings, and the Rockets send Brandon Knight and Marquise Chris and a protected first-rounder to Cleveland. So Cleveland just ganged up and dumped Amon Shumpert and Alec Burke and got back a load of draft picks, and that is a load up there. I believe they got Brandon Knight and Marquise Chris as well, who will fill out nicely on the court and be two decent players, but... That's a pick there that, if you ask me, that's a win for Houston if I've ever seen Houston get a win. And I don't like to compliment the Rockets. But one thing they're lacking since they lost Trevor Ariza and Umba Mute is defense. And tonight, they added a good defender in Amon Shumpert. Alec Burke to the Kings, I'm not in love with it, but they didn't really give up a whole lot. So... You know, they gave him a pick for it. It's protected. I get it. Um, You added another shooter who can help, who, you know, good rotation player. Uh, Cleveland just loading up on picks, trying to, you know, they're going to try and and, and build through the draft, which is smart. So I think Houston won that trade, and it's going to improve them a lot more than anybody else. They get Stauskas and Wade Baldwin the fourth also in that trade. Yeah, Stauskas and Nate Baldwin went in there as well. You're right. Um, but those so two toss in Cleveland had to get under the uh, uh, well, that was tax reasons. Yeah, to yeah. Stay, they had stay to below the lu- stay below the luxury tax. Cleveland needed to send those two contracts. Now they're they're just barely below the tax. So well, you, know, you got to remember how about, much money they're paying. Money. Oh yeah, I mean, and then the balancing act of money is. You could do a whole show on the entire the balancing act when it comes to trying to keep it out of the luxury tax and this and that and this and that. But oh, there's man, so it's been, many rules. It's ridiculous. Oh, there is. And exemptions, and this is different, and that's different, and oh, it's, yeah, they made it. I mean, it's like doing your income tax. It's ridiculous. Yeah, if you're a rich it's guy. A if lot. you're a rich guy. Yeah, it definitely is. So that's a big deal going down there. And I think Houston wins that one. Um, they're going to be an improved team with Shumpert. Going to take a few weeks for Shumpert to get into the lineup and get acclimated with the way Houston plays. But he, he's a guy who can shoot when need be, but he's a guy who's not a <laughs> – he's not a guy that's going to take shots away from James Harden. So <laughs> you'll keep him taking, happy. The only guy who's taking shots away from – James Harden is Fritz Von Erich with the claw. Yeah, so you don't have to worry too, too much there. Well, the guy's so. got the ball glued to his hands. He ain't giving it up. 
Another deal. Well, let me read this real quick. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski tweeted this out as well. As the Knicks run out of time to find a trade for center Ennis Cantor and his $18.6 million expiring deal, discussions on a contract buyout are expected to begin as soon as the deadline passes on Thursday at 3 p.m. So 3 p.m. Eastern, the deadline tomorrow to clarify Ennis Cantor, nobody taking on that expiring contract of his. So it looks like the Knicks are just going to buy him out and let him become a free agent. So somebody like might the, get him on the cheap. Looks like the terrorists are going to win that one, Nate. There, there's more of an issue there than we know about. So I'm starting we'll see. to wonder that nobody wants to touch him. That, that could be a reason. Well, you've got to sort of wonder. I mean, nobody's come out and said it is, but part of you've got to kind of go, is there some uneasiness or surrounding him that, that they can't find a taker for him? I don't know. I mean, it, it's not the best. It's not the best deal in the world either. Yeah, no, because most people are going to view him as a backup center, and you don't want to pay your backup center eighteen point six million for a year. True. Very true. I agree with that. At least how I look at it. Uh, another trade that went down this evening. Uh, this one just happened a couple hours ago. The Chicago Bulls have acquired Otto Porter Jr. from the Wizards. I've been preaching the trade this guy forever now, and they finally did it, and they trade Otto Porter for Bobby Portis and Jabari Parker, and the Wizards also send Chicago a 2023 second-round pick. Uh, so that's a deal there that happened uh, in in that trade, and that's a good trade for both teams. Otto Porter, nice con, big contract. Uh, the Bulls can take that on. They have the space. They're not in a hurry to go anywhere right now. Otto Porter can be a decent piece for Chicago. Um, meanwhile, you're getting rid of some of the turmoil there in Washington. That's and Otto Porter. Let's just be honest. He to me, he's underperformed. He's he's on a four year, and they paid this guy Tim four years a hundred and six million dollars. He's averaging twenty six million dollars. Has Washington thrown in the towel now that uh, what's his name blew his Achilles out and is gone for the season? Yeah, I two? believe John John Wall's going to be Wall? out until this next year. So well, they may just be going, all right. We we got to get a warm body here, and that's not a bad move, as you said for. These guys are all, I would say to some degree or another, are all flippable if you don't and know people. They get, the Bulls get Porter Jr. they got to pay him $27 million next year. And if he takes the player, he has a player option for 2020 where it, he it's a $28 million contract. I can't see him not taking that um, just for the money's sake. He's not a restricted. He's not a free agent until 2021. So the Bulls, I think, are going to have Porter for a while. But that does solve their wing issue because they have been lacking at the wing. Because Porter now will step in and become the wing player. Meanwhile, Bobby Portis, good player. Uh, Jabari Parker looking to revive that career again. Can't play defense. We we found this out. Um, ah, you don't need to play defense in the league anymore. Well, he's sure, and he's he's living proof. Um, <laughs> the, the, the NBA has really has become a very. I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, it's good if you can, but let's be honest. The NBA has become an offensive 
If you can score or shoot threes even half decently, you can play in the NBA right now. You can, but again, defense has become more important over the past few years, more more so than what people think. And, and well, that's, that's that's why Yeah, not so ahead. much defense, but, but for individual players. That used to be uh, uh, at one time you had to have a little bit of both or you were not going to play. You, you didn't have to be a stalwart at both, but you had to be half decent at both. Now, if you're good at one, you can still play and they'll just put you somebody out there to cover your ass for you. Or we'll just outscore. We'll do a Houston and we'll just try to outscore the other team. Well, you know, again, you, you run into issues with guys who, who don't play defense well who only do things, um, and Jabari Parker is one of those guys. He's so injury prone that he was well, getting hurt. He was, he was getting hurt, and he's not as good on defense. He's awful on defense, but he's not as good on offense as what he should be due to his injuries and the nature of those injuries. So Parker goes to Washington now where he can, he doesn't have to start. He can kind of rotate in. Uh, he's going to play behind Portis, who he knows. Uh, and he finally gets a chance to go to a new place, kind of start over. Not going to be the pressure that Chicago had on him because Chicago wanted him to be Jabari Parker of old. He's not going to be expected to do that. Maybe he gets into the right situation, the right environment. Washington thinks, hey, we'll play him with Bradley Beal. We'll play him here with Trevor Ariza. Let's see what he can do. Um, when Wall comes back next year, if Jabari Parker is – three quarters of what he was supposed to be and he's healthy and they still have Bill Ariza and they, they keep uh, Bobby Portis and they can build off that. They still have Brown that they got in the draft. I think Washington could potentially save what we thought was a team they needed to destroy. And they may be able to make a save here and be decent next season. I still think you should ask for a trade to the Knicks and change his name to Peter. Jesus Christ. What? You and your comics. <laughs> oh, I should be able to. You don't think Spider-Man can't dunk? Oh, I'm sure he can. A little yeah. help. Should be able to. Yeah, should web be. thing might become a bit of an issue. Uh, Miami. The Miami Heat have reached an agreement uh, with the Miami Heat. And the Suns, excuse me, the, the Miami Heat have reached an agreement with the Miami Heat. Those crap yeah, they guys. have. They have, they have agreed internally to trade Tyler Johnson to the Phoenix Suns. Tyler Johnson has been dealt, and according to Adrian Wojnarowski, Mark Bartlestein is working with the Suns, and they're going to wave guard Wayne Ellington, and he will become a free agent, and be and now be a playoff contender. Ellington is arriving with Tyler Johnson from Miami as Miami is acquiring Ryan Anderson in that trade. So they get a stretch four out of that. And as you said earlier, Nick Stauskas, Wade Baldwin involved in that three-way deal with the Rockets. But I think that's a pretty good trade. I haven't seen, you know, so far there hasn't been anything that's made me go, holy shit, they, somebody got fleeced. That hasn't happened yet. And there's usually at least yeah. one. Where you go, I'm not oh my God, a lot of what that. the hell are they thinking? What well, is it? Until, until the, until the uh, Timberwolves move half their team for faults and the future considerations. <laughs> At this point in time, it wouldn't shock me. But uh, 
that's most of the trades that have went down today. There's still some discussions going on with the Grizzlies and the Hornets. Uh, the Grizzlies and the Hornets are in discussions for uh, Mark Gasol. Uh, there's some talk going on that maybe there'd be a trade involving the Raptors and yeah, Mark Gasol. That was shot down what is about it? an hour. That got shot down about an hour ago. Well, as it no, should, because it would have been a ridiculous trade. There was no way uh, anybody was making that trade. I, I didn't. I didn't see the reason for that. Um, there is potential. There is a potential. Actually, we haven't talked about the last trade, so we'll go ahead and bring it up. There was a potential maybe Tom Robinson sighting um, in the in this show, possibly. Possibly, but there's no we we don't know a hundred percent. So let's just talk about it anyway. But yeah, so let's just go ahead and talk about this deal. The last deal that we're going to talk about here, talking at the trade deadline here, the the deal where the Seventy Sixers traded Landry Shamet, Wilson Chandler, Mike Miscola a 2020 first-rounder, a 2021 unprotected first-rounder that belonged to Miami, and two future second-rounders to get Tobias Harris, Boban, Marjanovic, and Mike Scott. So that is the trade that went down. So now the starting lineup for the 76ers includes Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, Jimmy Butler, J.J. Redick, Tobias Harris. What do you think, Tim? think this is because what I have basically read was that this was almost done overnight in response it, it, I woke up I woke up yeah, to in, it if that tells in anything response, in response to last night's game that the the uh, 76ers could not hang with the Toronto Raptors first line against first line that the uh, the Raptors were I mean they, they were getting killed don't get me wrong but they were losing. Uh, Toronto pulled Lowry and Leonard out, and they kind of caught back up. And then Toronto put Lowry and Leonard back in, and you know that was back to a 15-point win or whatever it ended up being. They double digits anyway, and that the realization came. And we actually talked to somebody. I can't remember who it was. One of our inside reporters who said uh-huh. the same thing: that the 76ers needed to make a trade for another frontline guy. And that they still need some more bench depth. Well, they got their they got their number one or not their number one, but they got a a guy to start now. They got that covered, I think. But mm-hmm. I still don't like I still don't like their bench. Still isn't any better to me. But uh, I mean, they definitely they definitely threw a you know played their cards and dared the East to do something about it. Yeah, they really did. And Landry Shamet, uh, good young player. Uh, but honestly, they need they make the move. Uh, they still have Zaire Smith. They get uh, they get in that deal. They still got T.J. McConnell, Shake Milton still there. Uh, for they, Cork Moss. Are they also but, now covered uh, a little bit if uh, Butler decides to do a, a piss and run, as he's kind of been known um, for Butler, doing? Butler, Butler, Butler. Right, but now uh, they they have kind of covered that a little bit. That if he decides to get pee they could actually, you know, not play him and not be any worse off than they were before they made the trade. True. But uh, Tobias Harris, the big thing Tobias Harris adds, he's been having a career year 
and uh, we're going to talk some more later about All Star snubs and All Star. Um, the we the All Star reserves have been announced. We'll talk a little more about that later. Tobias Harris, though, it was having an All Star year. The thing this guy brings to this this seventy sixer team, he's going to help space the floor because you have to cover him from three. He can knock down a three. He and JJ Redick both on the floor at the same time can stretch the floor. It's going to make Embiid more dominant. It's going to make it easier for Jimmy Butler to get to the rim. And also, it takes the pressure off of Ben Simmons from having to shoot. Honestly, this is a great move. Simmons is under no pressure to shoot. He doesn't shoot. I know that. But teams were kind of doubling up on Butler, or they were denying Embiid the ball, and there was nobody to knock down the shot. Now now you have another guy who can knock down the shot. Tobias Harris is probably the second best outside shooter on the team now. Go ahead. I said, how old is Harris? Oh, uh, let me look. He's getting – I'm not saying he's old, but he, he's been in the I league for a while. He fits into the whole, uh, you know, Jimmy Butler hating the young guys who don't work hard. And the young uh, he guys definitely, he definitely not going to hate this guy because he's not young. I'm, young in who, NBA years, in NBA years, he is not young. Uh, Tobias Harris is in his seventh year. He is twenty six years old. So he's he's not right in the middle of his. He ain't young. He's not Probably old about either. Right, about right in his prime right now. Yeah. So he can still he can be responsible, but he's still young enough. He can go out and toss a few back with the with the other boys and fit in. Yeah. Not, kind of, not honestly, rock. the kind of guy they need. He's the kind of guy yeah. they need. Sounds like it. So, uh, yeah. hey, you know what? Get on them. That franchise has sucked for a long time. Uh, you know, last year they were a bit better. Uh, I got no problem with the uh, the 76ers being good. I'm okay with all that. That doesn't bother me. Even though I'm a, I mean, by virtue of my geography, I'm a, a Raptors guy, but the uh, I can't say I'd be all that tore up if the 76ers were to go to the final. That wouldn't bother me. <laughs> it would bother me just to see Jimmy Butler make it to the finals because fuck oh, that fuck guy. That. I want Jimmy Butler to win the MVP if they get there. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Nate. But that's not supposed to excite Nate. You're a reporter. Come on, Nate. Yeah, Let's... yeah, yeah. I'm picking sides all I damn want to, damn it. <laughs> but – You've got to be as impartial as Tom Robinson. I'm not impartial when it comes to that asshole. But that's been the trade talk. That's the moves that have went down today. Um, Those are the multiple trades. They said there might be a little more quiet tomorrow come trade deadline time. But we'll see uh, what happens. There's some potential. Some moves could be made. If anything happens while we're still on the air, we will definitely give you – breaking news coverage of that. But, Tim, you mentioned earlier my Wolves, and I got to talk to the man on the Minnesota Timberwolves. I talked to John Krasinski, the man who's been covering the Wolves for the Athletic, and he is the number one source of Wolves information. This guy knows his stuff when it comes to the Wolves. Well, let's let's hear him talk about those Wolves. All right. Well, here was my talk with John Krasinski, and we'll be back on the other side, and we're going to talk – all-star reserves. So be ready for that. So hang in there with us. This is my talk with John Krasinski.
Well, joining me right now is a man who needs no introduction to our show. From The Athletic in Minnesota, John Krasinski, the man who knows everything about the Minnesota Timberwolves. John, thanks for jumping on with us. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, anytime, anytime. Well, we'll go ahead and talk about the game last night before we start talking anything else. What a punch in the throat that was last night. What I saw of the game just kind of angered me a little bit in terms of not only effort, but the foul call at the end of the game. That was heartbreaking. What what was your thoughts on the game last night against Memphis? Yeah, you know, it it was a terrible loss. There's no other way to put it. And I, I do think that it was tough to see that foul called right there. But first of all, I do think it was a foul. So um, I thought it was the right call, even if you say, well, how do you make that in that situation? I think it was a, a foul. And two is they didn't really deserve to win that game. And so they had done so many things, in the, as Ryan Saunders said, in the previous 47 minutes and 59 seconds position to lose it that they sort of got what they deserved in, in a way. I mean, you just can't come out against a team that is that shorthanded, even though you're shorthanded as well, and be down 19 points in the first quarter. I mean, it's just like that's that's unacceptable. And and so, um, you know, Wiggins was bad for most of the game. Um, a lot of their guys just they, they couldn't hit shots. They couldn't defend very well. And so e- even if they that fault would not have been called and they would have got to overtime and won it, I mean that would have been fine, uh, but in the in the grand scheme of things, they would have really stolen one that they didn't deserve. And so, you know, I just I, I can't feel too badly for them that they got that call because it was a game that they played so poorly for most of that game that that it wasn't uh, it wasn't meant to be. Yeah, I have to agree with you. It really was a a poor performance from the Wolves part of the game, but. Looking at it, Carl Anthony Towns had a great game. Wiggins wasn't very good, which, uh, you know, I've been I've been defending Wiggins for years now, and I'm almost at that point where do the Wolves need to maybe cut bait on Andrew Wiggins with the, I don't know who would what they could get if they decide to do that, but do you think it's time or do you think Wiggins fits what Coach Saunders wants to do, or what do you think the Wolves need to do? Because they're paying him a lot of money, and he is not living up to that much of a max contract right now. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm kind of on board with you in terms of I've been a guy who has defended him in general in the past. I thought that sometimes he got you know too much criticism for things that weren't going that well and that people sort of looked a lot of the things that he was doing well. Um, but – the longer that it's gone on here where he has been so inconsistent and goes through such long periods of, of just floating around out there, it's, it's getting harder to defend him. Um, you know, last night he really just was, you know, I think he was two for eight to start. He, he made a, just a terrible pass right before halftime that led to a Conley three pointer. Uh, and he was not engaged. And then in the fourth quarter, he made a couple of plays. He blocked a shot. He um, you know, had a couple of rebounds and things like that. But only, when you see those little bursts of energy or production, it only makes the long stretches of, 
of malaise even more frustrating to deal with. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's getting harder to to say let's remain patient here. Let's see what you know what he comes up with and um, and and let's see if he develops. But on the flip side of it, when you look at it, he's just really, really, really hard to trade right now. Um, I reported at the Athletic yesterday that there's been a few teams that have sort of called to kick the tires and say, hey, you know, what's you know, what's going on with Wiggins? But there's been no substantive offers for him because he has such a long contract. And it, I, I would think that even if they did want to unload him, they would have to take back a contract that's probably almost as bad if uh, or or worse than what he has. And so um, it's not like you're going to be able to move him and then get even draft pick compensation or, or anything that would kind of justify you making that move. I think the Timberwolves understand that they are very frustrated with him, but the only way to sort of salvage this and to kind of avoid, I guess, falling off the cliff is to find a way to reach him and, and get him more engaged and more locked in. And, it, yeah, we've been saying that forever, and it does look like a pretty daunting thing that are a task to accomplish, but they really – I don't know that they have many other options right now. True, very true. Um, watching Watching Wiggins – play though i believe it was against phoenix uh a little while back they used him as a ball handler and it seemed Mm -hmm. very effective worked very well he seemed way more engaged he seemed way more he wasn't just standing in the corner anymore just waiting i have they thought about maybe using wiggins as more of an on-ball player now instead of a you know go stand in the corner and just you know, shoot when we kick it to you because when he has the ball, he is a lot more tuned into the game. Yeah, I mean, I think that they they do want to do that, um, and they have, like you said, they have done it. It, but the the issue is, is that I think it's best he, those those kind of stretches are are better off in in smaller sample sizes because. He's still not a very strong ball handler, and he still does turn it over a lot. If you're playing against a team with really good perimeter defenders who kind of get into you and and make you work to bring the ball up and 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 things like that, it, that's where he struggles with it. So you can you can kind of get away with it, and you can use it against a team like Phoenix that's terrible defensively on the perimeter. Um, you can maybe even use it in shorter stretches against Memphis when. You know he doesn't he doesn't have um, a bouncy defender on him or a rangy defender, but times when you're running up against the Avery Bradleys of the world or the you know um, you know, I'll, I'll pick any number Kawhi Leonard's any of the you know even even defenders, let alone the elite ones, that's where he does struggle, um, and that's where it can kind of gum up your offense as much as it can you know, to, to get Wiggins going. And so uh, maybe long-term that is something that they could look at more, but he just has a lot of improvement to do in that, in that area of ball handling before they can get away with that. Okay. Well, 
looking around at the Wolves roster, you talked about them being shorthanded, and they really are. It's it's daunting the um, the amount of of injuries that have struck the Wolves this season. What are the timetables on those injuries? I know T Rose Rose has been kind of in and out. Uh, Covington's missed a lot. Tyus Jones has been hurt. What, what are we looking at in terms of injuries, and how long are they expected all these guys to be out? Yeah, it's um, it's not super clear yet, but I do think that there's a chance sometime in the next couple of games here, maybe even on the trip that they're on right now, that both Jeff Teague and Tyus Jones will get back. Or if not, I think both of those guys you'd expect to be before the All-Star break, and there's four more games to go before the break here. Um, and with With Covington, he is still kind of coming along slowly, and so I think that it would be after the all-star break for him for sure. And I think probably Rose as well. Rose did not make the trip uh, team on this three-game road trip. And so uh, I get maybe he gets enough rest to get back for two games next week before the break. But I, my, my gut would tell me that with all of the issues that he's been having with his ankle and his, and his, and his leg, that you know, they, they're probably just shut him down and give him – whatever, two and a half full weeks to um, to try and rest and recuperate so then maybe he can come back after the break a little bit closer to 100%. But to me, though, I mean, the one that they're really missing right now is Covington. And, uh, you know, they miss his shot making. They miss his perimeter defense. Um, and and so – and it's still – and it's much more unclear about when he is going to be able to make it back for them that bone bruise and bone bruises are tricky and they can be very painful and, and difficult to deal with. And so um, they need him back, but it's, there's not a clear timeline yet on when he's coming back. You know, the wolves have been utilizing a lot of guys off their bench. They're going really deep into their bench, like Lou Aldang last, uh, against Memphis last yeah. night at 18 and seven. Uh, and, you know, Sarich has been playing a lot more minutes. Uh, Josh Kogi uh, has been playing a lot more, these bench players, I'm sure they're a lot happier now with Coach Saunders and as opposed to Coach Tibbs. What's the what's the morale like now since the coaching change? Does the team seem a little happier, more upbeat, or are they still kind of just uh, trying to get used to each other, especially with the new coach? Well, yeah, I mean, I think it would be better if they were winning more consistently, but I do think in general – the spirit of the team has been really good. Um, I do, you're, you know, you hit on it in terms of there were a lot of guys who were unhappy that they weren't getting playing time under Tom Thibodeau. Now, some of that under Ryan has been just forced because of all the injuries, and Ryan's had to play guys. But I think also just as a philosophy, I think Ryan is is a guy who is more comfortable playing ten guys in a rotation rather than eight or nine. Um, and, and he understands how um, important it is, A, for, for players to get some, some time here and there to kind of stay motivated, but also when they are not playing, Ryan is a guy who is very upfront with them, uh, communicates with them, tells them the plan, so there's not any mystery to it. And the, the, the complaint I heard over and over again from several people or several players under Tom Thibodeau is like he never talks to us and he never communicates what his you know vision is or what his plan is. So I don't know what's going on. 
And so just from that standpoint, the morale has been much higher. Um, you know, players feel like they have um, a coach who just understands them a little bit better, who is giving them the communication that they need and, and that they deserve. And so from that, that aspect, it has been good. And Ryan has been willing to mix and match lineups and try different things. Tibbs had a very set rotation that he rarely deviated from at all, whereas if something isn't going right in a game, Ryan will throw Luol Deng in there. He'll mix it up. He'll, he'll, he'll throw two point guards and three power forwards out there. He'll try all sorts of different things, and I think the players respect that. Well, moving forward, the Wolves, like you said, had four games before the All-Star break. I'm looking at these games. Um, I think they can get three out of four, if I'm being optimistic. Maybe I'm being a little optimistic, but I think the Wolves can get three out of the next four. Um, I don't know if they can beat Houston. I mean, they can, but the likelihood. If they can get into the All-Star break one game under five hundred. How good would that do for them moving forward? Because they're they're really not far out of the playoff picture. They're only four games out of eighth place right now, and seventh place is only four and a half games out. If the Wolves can get it together and somehow sneak into the playoffs this season, do you think Ryan Saunders keeps the head coaching job, or do you think no matter what they're probably going to go outside and find someone else? Yeah, no, I mean, I think if they were somehow make the playoffs, yeah, absolutely, that cements Ryan's position as head coach. Um, yeah, I, I still, and I don't I don't believe that that's a prerequisite either. I think if they see enough improvement down the stretch, I still think he could stay on even if they miss the playoffs. And, you know, you're right, like, theoretically, they could win three of these next four. Um, they could also lose three of the next four, too, the way that they've been playing. I mean, I thought they should have beaten Memphis last night, you know, um, and and I was really of the mind that they you know to get really to feel good going into the playoffs or going into the All Star break. Yeah, I think when they started this five game stretch, I thought four out of five. You really kind of needed that to build some momentum, and you, now you drop that first one to Memphis and really play poorly. Um, that means that I I can't bet on them to beat Orlando. I can't bet on them to beat New Orleans if Anthony Davis returns. On Friday night, um, I certainly can't bet on them to beat the Clippers or or the Rockets at this point, but they could beat all of them if they played well. And so uh, it, it, it's a hard team to figure out. And, yes, I think if three out of four, if they win the three out of the next four, I think they would feel really good going into the all-star break. Uh, they do need some momentum. There's no question that they need to start stacking some wins if they want to uh, be in the in the playoff hunt at all, but I, I think I think the odds are long uh, against them uh, uh, getting in. But it's it's not out of the realm of possibility. They just have to start playing more disciplined and and treating these games with a lot bigger sense of urgency than they have been. Last question, John, and I'll let you go. Towns made the all-star team this year. A lot of people were calling uh, calling him out on getting in over uh, Rudy Gobert. Do you think Towns deserved to be an all-star this year? I Personally, I'm a little biased. I think he should. I think if anyone should have missed it and put Gobert in, it would have been LaMarcus Aldridge. That's just my own personal opinion, though. What do you think? Do you think Towns deserved to be an all-star this year? 
I, I do think he deserved it. Um, and, you know, I would say that if Go, for Gobert, I, I agree Gobert should have been in. I thought he should have been in over Clay Thompson, to be honest with you. I mean, I don't, nah, I just don't I think that Clay has been as good as he normally. He's still, he's an unbelievable player. He's, a, he's one of the greatest shooters of all time, all of those things. But he hasn't had a great year. And, and so uh, I, I would have I argued for Rudy in his spot. Um, but Towns has been tremendous. Um, especially since the Jimmy Butler trade. Uh, you know, he did not play well early on in the season. I think that the Butler situation was weighing on him. I think that he was, frankly, disgusted with how the Timberwolves handled it. Um, and so he wasn't locked in. But once Jimmy left, he's been on a tear. And the guy has been much improved defensively. Uh, he also just commands a huge amount of attention from the defense. And I think if he had more accomplished shot makers around him, uh, you would see the team winning a lot more because he's getting doubled, he's kicking it out, and a lot of times you have Wiggins and even Sharich before he last night when he played really well, um, you know, uh, uh, to different guys. Rose has uh, they've all been clanking it lately, and and so if you were throwing to Covington, if you were throwing to guys like a JJ Redick or or somebody like that, spot-up shooters who could knock him down, um, he would be even more effective and more devastating. But the guy, I mean, he's the one guy that they've been able to count on night in and night out, and he's put up really, really good numbers. I think the Wolves would be in a far worse position without him um, playing as well as he has. I mean, they've kind of treaded water, and you've wanted them to take off, but they haven't fallen off a cliff in large part because of what Towns is giving them on a nightly basis. So, yeah, I, I do think that he's deserved to be there. I think he's one of the very best centers in the league, and and um, and I think uh, the coaches made the right choice in having him in there. Yeah, I'll have to agree. Um, Sarge, uh, Sarge, I almost feel like Sarge misses Philadelphia in a way, and I think um, another another thing is we really miss Jamal Crawford. I wish Crawford would have signed another year. That would have been great for the Wolves. But can't live in the past, I suppose. But, John, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate your time. Why don't you let our listeners know where they can find you at and keep up with you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's uh, John Krasinski uh, on Twitter, at John Krasinski, J-O-N-K-R-A-W-C-Z-Y-N-S-K-I. And then you can find my work at theathletic.com slash MN, theathletic.com slash MN. Yeah, if you're looking for anybody that keeps up with the Wolves, John's the guy. He is the ace of Minnesota Timberwolves reporting, and that's where I get most of my Timberwolves news is from John. So, John, thank you so much for jumping on. I really appreciate, appreciate it. it. Thank you. Anytime, anytime. Personal injury, product liability, workplace accidents, mesothelioma law, social security disability, unfair insurance practices, family law, employment discrimination, and more. All this can be handled at New Law Office with Stephen P. New. It's New Law Office with Stephen P. New. You can get your free consultation today by calling 1-800-208-9169 or 304 362-7345 for your free consultation. 
a new level of personal service. Whether you've been injured or facing divorce or experiencing workplace discrimination, you can rely on compassionate, thorough representation from New Law Office. Be sure to contact Stephen P. New Law Office at newlawoffice.com or again get your free consultation at 1-800-203-9169. Stephen P. New, answers to your legal questions. And again, thanks to the law offices of Stephen P. New, one of our great, great sponsors here on Wide Men Can't Jump. And a big thank you to John Krasinski for coming on and talking with us about the Minnesota Timberwolves. And Tim, are you there? You know, that Stephen P. New commercial, i got to talk about that every week, it seems. This new, this new one we have, boy, does his name fit that music. Stephen P. <laughs> P. New. It just, you know, blows up. <laughs> And the man, a man for the masses. What can I say? A renaissance yes. man. Is it? He is. But one thing I do want to bring up, believe it or not. We have breaking news here. We are live here on Live You Can't Jump. We have breaking news. League and I was going to get sick, but no, breaking news. No, breaking news. Shoot, Harrison Barnes of the Dallas Mavericks has been traded to the Sacramento Kings, and the Mavericks will get Justin Jackson and Zach Randolph in return as the Mavs are cleaning house in Dallas. They are starting it over. So there you go. We talked about it earlier, and now the Mavs looks like they're just blowing it up. Burning down the house. Do, 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 do. That's what it looks like. Mm, sometimes it's time. I guess sometimes it, it is. Out. So it says here the Kings want to make a long-term play to keep Barnes, who has a player option on his twenty-five million dollar deal for next season, and so that deal there. And according to what I read, the Mavs are almost now at a point to where they can get a max contract offer for a free agent next season. The Kings will use the remaining $10.5 million of cap space to acquire Barnes. The small forward has a contract at 8% trade bonus and his contract valued at $686,000. And it'll be a $24.8 million cap hit this year for Barnes and $25.1 million next year. So there you go. They're looking to find some help for Mr. Doncic. Yes, they are. Uh, they're trying to make a big play in the off season, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, we'll see what the deal is. Um, apparently, Keith Pompey reported the Sixers acquire Malachi Richardson for Toronto's 2022 second round pick and the draft rights to Amir Pridzlik. Yeah, the name. In exchange for cash. In the that's, trade with Toronto in that one deal they did? That's a one point I believe I just read that's a one point four million dollar save for the Raptors under the luxury tax. Yes. Also it is reported Anthony Davis has the Knicks as well as the Clippers and Bucks and Lakers as his preferred destination spots. And if he went to Milwaukee, holy okay. shit. Yeah, that was <laughs> Do you think uh, that Doncic is like singing right now? I don't know. 
They've gave them. Uh, <laughs> Doncic is uh, now the face of that franchise. It's not even close. My name is, my name is Luca. I am all alone on the floor. <laughs> it almost looks that way. They're trading him. Of... <laughs> hey, you, I haven't seen you before. God, that song writes itself. So, well, there you go. So, they're going to have a lot of room. They're going to be able to possibly sign a max free free agent here. Uh, could you imagine if a uh, a Kawhi Leonard or maybe a, a Jimmy Butler or you could possibly see Clay Thompson or somebody like that ending up in Dallas with Luka and Porzingis? Look out. I'm telling you. Could happen. Well, let me see some – finally, we might get to see some shift in the balance of power in the NBA where some of these teams that – you know, the, the, the couple of the nobodies are becoming somebodies, and a few of the bigger teams are starting to slide out of the picture. Or not bigger teams, but, you know, the Lakers, who were, you know, always kind of perennial powerhouses and aren't anymore. And the, all the Knicks, who, well, just suck. And although they're in a position where they could actually turn out to have a not a bad team if they do things right. But, yeah. of, course it's the Knicks. of course, it's the Knicks, so they won't. But Cleveland Browns are <laughs> the NBA. Well, we announced last week the all-star selections. We talked about um, who was selected. Well, we didn't really talk about the actual starters. Anyway. But um, so here is – here's an update on the reserves. The East reserves include Kyle Lowry, Victor Oladipo, who is hurt, uh, Blake Griffin, Nikola Vucevic, Chris Middleton, Ben Simmons, and Bradley Beal. So there's your reserves there. Uh, for the West, your all-star reserves include Russell Westbrook, Damian Lillard, Clay Thompson, Anthony Davis, Nikola Jokic, LaMarcus Aldridge, and Carl Anthony Towns. And a lot of people are saying snubbed are Tobias Harris, and there was a Rudy Gobert. Uh, here's a point that was being made. Uh, Rudy Gobert. Defensive RPMs first, defensive win shares first, defensive box plus minus first, true shooting percentage first, effective field goal percentage first. This is all Rudy Gobert, and this is in the NBA rankings. Offensive rating second, win shares second, total rebounds third, total blocks third, defensive rating third, rebounds per game fifth, rebound percentage fifth. In the, This is in the league. Blocks per game fifth, offensive win shares sixth, RPM wins, seventh. Block percentage, seventh. Box plus minus, seventh. Total RPM, 11th. And per, 14th. So those are some of the stats Rudy Gobert's showing up. And I think he got snubbed. I think Clay Thompson or LaMarcus Aldridge, as uh, John Krasinski and I talked about, uh, probably should have missed out over Gobert. I think Gobert should have been named to the team. Gobert's in the West, right? Okay, well, you know why you know why he's not there because somebody else is hogging a spot that shouldn't have one, and that's the captain oh, yeah. of the Western All Stars who doesn't really. You can die. I will argue with anybody. This year, LeBron James is not an All Star. But again, it's, it's you know it's always going to be fan voting. I know why, but technically, LeBron James is not an All Star this year. Not even close. Yeah, I mean, 20-some games? He's back in the lineup now. And his statistics, okay, but he's nowhere to be found in the top 10 of anything. 
because he's missed so many games. He's not an all-star this year. It's just that simple. He's going there because he's LeBron. And I'm okay. I mean, I get that. Don't get me wrong. But that's why somebody who really deserves to be there is not there, or at least one of the reasons. Because he's going there purely on rep this year, not on ability. And I will argue that with anyone. Convince me I'm wrong. Well, again, again, the All-Star game is more of a popularity contest than anything. Sure. And that's, that's kind of become what it is. And I don't like it. I've never thought that – I've just never thought that anybody well, should – always get hosed. Yeah, I mean, every year it's going to happen. Yes, there's not enough spots for, for enough guys. But every once in a while there is a glaring one. And if he's anybody but LeBron, he's not in the All-Star game with those two. You give those stats to somebody else and go, Does this guy, should this guy make the All-Star team? It's going to be no. Are you kidding me? I mean, he's still he's still a dominant player, and I agree. I don't think I think he should have been on the team. Like I don't think he, I, I think he should have been on the team, but I don't think he should be starting. But right. LeBron, I don't, I don't I don't think Kyle Lowry should be on the All Star team either. He didn't play enough. Well, again, that's you kind of run into that. But LeBron is averaging twenty six point nine and eight and seven per game this year. Now, granted. He he missed he missed quite a few games. He was out from Christmas until the end of January. But I mean, again, it's LeBron. It's kind of hard to say. No, you you can't be. But the other night at Indiana, did you see the loss? One thirty six to ninety four. The Lakers <laughs> lost. It's, it's the worst. LeBron the worst. The worst loss of his career. Where nobody was within thirty feet of him. I don't think they like him very much. I don't know. It just seems that... Mind you, when you consider that at that point there was at least five of them probably sitting there minus Ball, who's hurt, who were looking at probably getting traded off the team, and they know why they're leaving. Like, they're not that stupid. Yeah. They know they're getting traded. So, you know, maybe that's... Well, if you... (laughs) If you looked at any of them on the if you looked at any of them on the bench, um, <laughs> you could see uh, well, was there like was a, a big gap on the bench was between LeBron and the rest of the team. Twenty feet of space and LeBron, all alone with his thoughts at the end of the bench. Yeah. So like I said I don't think they like him much, and it's hard to blame them. It doesn't seem like they're big fans of him. Let's just. Uh, LeBron just doesn't seem to be the most popular guy. He brings a lot of turmoil to a team when he first gets there, and you're seeing it right now. But back to all-star snubs. Would you argue that – I see see that D'Angelo Russell is taking uh, Olapadito's place. Yeah, and and that's good, but I think Russell should have been an all-star this year. Uh, There's no ifs, ands, buts. He should have been an all-star. I know this one's going to pain you. What about Jimmy Butler? My biggest issue with Butler, other than my personal, I'll put personal feelings aside, his numbers are not that wonderful. What's well, the average would, in this season? 18? He would be the third guy on the team, so that also starts to 18 a game? Oladipo deserves it more. Russell deserves it more. Five rebounds, 3.6. I mean, if I'm looking yeah. at the all-star lineup, if I'm looking at, at, at let me let me find the whole list here that I just had, 
if I'm looking at this entire list right now in front of me, who am I cutting to put uh, Jimmy Butler in? Clearly, I think D'Angelo Russell deserves it more. Um, maybe Bradley. B- I, I think I would put. I would put Butler in over Ben Simmons. I would. I would put Butler in over Ben Simmons. I feel that way about the Raptors. I feel like Siakam should be in there over Lowry. I mean, I can see your point. I see where you're coming from. It's it's one of those things, unfortunately, man. It's not the sexy pick. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, yeah. I hear you loud and clear. I, I, I don't even disagree with you. I'm just saying if we're really talking about all-stars. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That he fits the criteria more than Lowry at this point. But, I think Russell deserves to go in. He's averaging almost 20 a game, six and a half assists a game, and he's shooting 38% from three this season. And here's a guy, D'Angelo Russell, that the Lakers traded. They had him. They had him linked for years, and he gets out of L.A., and now look at how good he is. Well, this happens sometimes. Makes you wonder sometimes. I didn't think there was too many snubs in the East. I thought the West was a little – Yeah, the West – there's more players in the West. You could make a case for a few more guys over there. Uh, Donich for one of being one of them for sure. Um, in fact, I'm kind of wondering how it's not there, to be quite honest. Yeah. Finished and Donchich. He finished second Donchich in the is, and somehow Yeah, he did. Team. He did. But Donchich is a lot of hype. And, and I'm not saying he's not a great player. He's a great young player. But do I think Donchich should be an all-star in his first year? I mean, let's just look at what Doncic is doing. Yeah, he's averaging 20 and 7, but who do you take out to put in? That's my, well, that's yeah, my, yeah. my biggest question. Well, that's always a question, right? But, well, see, like, I would argue, I would argue Clay Thompson, because honestly, <laughs> if I look at Doncic, Doncic, to me, does Doncic deserve to be in over Clay Thompson? Eh, maybe. Does, does Doncic deserve to be in over Rudy Gobert? No. Does Doncic deserve to be in over, um, you know, anybody else that I felt was snubbed? No. Does he deserve to go in over LaMarcus Aldridge or Carl Anthony Towns? No. It, it Again, Clay Thompson, LaMarcus Aldridge, to me, were the two guys that you could have switched out for Gobert. Clay Thompson more so than probably Aldridge. But looking at it, I just don't see how you can put Doncic in. What about uh, Jamal Murray or Donovan Mitchell? Again. All, kind of on the edge, but maybe not. It's well, just a well, shame. Mitchell, it's a shame Mitchell's there's not like, more spots, but that's I mean, what makes it important. It, I mean, that's what makes it totally important. See, I'm surprised they don't go the route. I mean, I know it's too many players, but I'm still surprised they don't go the route of the NHL and name an all-star off of every – one has to come from every team. Maybe they don't play in the maybe they don't play in the game. See, in hockey you can do that because you need that many players, right? But maybe they need to change. Maybe they need. Well, no, maybe they need to do like they. Well, it keeps. I mean, if the point of the All Star Game is for fans and for fans to be interested, what better way to make you not watch the All Star Game than to have the best player from your team is not on the All Star team and you have nobody there to watch? It does seem mm-hmm. kind of stupid. It does seem kind of dumb. So why don't they switch the all-star format, not unlike the NHL, where switch it to uh, uh, 
four four all-star teams, two from each division of seven or eight guys each, however many you need to get uh, to cover both all the teams, and have them play, you know, 10 or 12-minute games, like pickup. And the winner is that's and the winner is the is the winner. You get to see everybody play. Uh, everybody's you know whether no matter where you are in the country, you got somebody from your local team to watch. Uh, guys don't get snubbed anywhere near as easily. You know, maybe even make it first team and second team guys if you want to. There's there's ways to fix this. The NBA just is too lazy to do it. I suppose. Uh, let me let me throw this at you. This this made me laugh a little bit. So we talked about the Harrison Barnes breaking trade. You know where Harrison Barnes was when he found out he got traded? Oh, if you say in the shitter, I'll laugh my ass off. Oh, no. Even worse. Harrison Barnes was on the court playing for the Dallas Mavericks. And he found they somehow let that go into the stadium? He found out. He found out while on the court. And they took him off the court, and he went and sat down. He was traded in mid-game. Okay, that's that's. I mean, that should never come out. And I mean, the league should have held on to that until the game was over. I mean, somebody, somebody <laughs> fucked up there because that. What do you really... do? He finds out. He finds out midway through the fourth that he got traded. I shared the video on Facebook of his face. Just go, just go watch it. Go watch it. You got to see it. Better than you, the team you're on. Maybe you fist pump. I don't know. <laughs> well, they were playing tonight, and they were only up four. And the face that he's making, sitting on the sidelines, is, well, is kind of priceless. He doesn't look surprised at all. He's just got this look on his face, like, "Well, shit." <laughs> <laughs> Pretty hilarious. You got to look. Huh. I shared yeah. it on my personal page. You got to see it. Yeah. It's so funny. I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> Sometimes the. Uh, I'm speaking of which, I'm still laughing at uh, uh, last week's uh, Bush League. Oh yeah. I watched oh, it again the other day. I still laughed at like, holy Jesus. Right. <laughs> you say what? I, I, I've I've been traded. Well, yeah. I'll be a son of a. <laughs> Looks like he's like yeah. deep in thought. What is it? Really deep in thought. He looks like he's like really deep in thought. Uh, I'm 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 mulling it over in my head. God damn, I've been I've been traded. He's actually traded to a team that's got a better chance of making it to the playoffs. The Kings are trying to make a run. They've made some moves. I would think it would just piss you off. From, it's from the loyalty respect sort of end of things. Yeah, that's not how you deal with it. That's just poor management. Like that should just okay, you know, you just don't make that official until after the game. You give that guy a chance to to get out of the building and go home or what? Yeah, you know something. <laughs> you should never hear about it on social media first, but that tends to be the way things are dealt with these days. And it's hard to shit to keep stuff from breaking because there's people who yeah, just can't I mean, keep, can't keep their mouth shut. I mean, that happened yeah. to come from one of the two teams of the league office. It couldn't have come from anywhere else. No, no, it couldn't have. You're right, and that's well, uh. We had to spill it, so you know maybe they thought they were doing them a favor by getting them out of there. I, I'm not sure, but that's true. That's true. But uh, Tim, as the show starts to wind down, let's go ahead and announce our show next week. 
we will be picking who we think will win the All-Star Weekend festivities. I'm going to go ahead and announce, uh, in case you've missed it, the Rising Stars. Here's the Rising Stars Challenge. It'll be Friday, February 15th at 9 p.m. You can watch it on TNT. The Team United States consists of Jared Allen from the Brooklyn Nets, Marvin Bagley from the Kings, Lonzo Ball, the Lakers, John Collins from the Hawks, De'Aaron Fox from the Kings, Jaron Jackson from the Grizzlies, Kyle Kuzma from the Lakers, Donovan Mitchell, the Jazz, Jason Tatum, Celtics, and Trey Young, the Hawks, versus Team World, OG Ananobi from the Raptors, DeAndre Ayton from the Suns, Bogdan Bogdanovich from the Kings, Luka Doncic from the Mavs, Shea Gilgers Alexander from the Clippers, Rudonis Karukas from the Nets, the Nets, excuse me, Lori Markinen from the Bulls, Josh Okoge from the Wolves, C.D. Osman from the Cavs, and Ben Simmons from the 76ers. The honorary coach for the U.S. team will be Kyrie Irving, while Hall of Famer Dirk, future Hall of Famer Dirk Nowinski will be the world coach. So we'll give our predictions on that next week. Also, my favorite day, Saturday. Uh, Saturday night, 8 p.m. on the 16th, slam dunk contest. Dennis Smith Jr. from the Knicks, Miles Bridges from the Hornets, Hamadou Delio from the Thunder, and John Collins from the Hawks. Also, the. What? The dunk contest is a cure for insomnia. It's boring. Uh, now, now. Some of them are. Some uh, of them aren't. Gotta, it depends on who's in it. They got to come up with a way. I, I don't know what it is either, but they got to they gotta change it. Somewhere. Go back and watch the Vince Carter 2000 dunk contest oh, and watch yeah, the dunk contest. I've seen 20 years of dunks since that happened. And watch the know. dunk contest between Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon. Holy okay. shit. Not easily impressed anymore because you've just seen it all. I mean, the older you are, the more you've seen, right? It's hard to see something that hasn't already been done. I mean, I'm not blaming well, the player for that. It's just it's hard not to repeat, that's all. Well, then the three-point contest, Seth Curry from the Blazers and Steph Curry from the Warriors are both competing brothers competing in the three-point contest, as well as Buddy. Buddy Heald from the Sacramento Kings, Damian Lillard from the Trailblazers, Chris Middleton from the Bucks, Kimball Walker from the Hornets, Danny Green from the Raptors, Devin Booker from the Phoenix Suns, Joe Harris from the Brooklyn Nets, and the guy I hope who wins it all, Dirk Nowitzki from the Dallas Mavericks in the three-point contest. So I hope Dirk I, wins. I really do. I predict a Larry Bird run-in for the victory. <laughs> and finally, the skills challenge competition. Luka Doncic from the Mavericks, Trey Young from the Hawks, De'Aaron Fox from the Kings, Mike Conley, the Grizzlies, Nikola Jokic from the Nuggets, Tatum from the Celtics, Kuzma from the Lakers, and Nikola Vujicic from the Orlando Magic. So there are your all-star festivities. Next week, we will discuss that at length, our predictions, who's going to win what. See, now, if I wanted to enhance the all-star game, this is where you have the LeVar Ball International Challenge, where former... Former NBA players that LeVar Ball has talked shit about can come out onto the court and challenge LeVar to a little bit of one-on-one or horse or whatever they want to play. That I would watch. You know how much I'd pay to see Keel O'Neal run down LeVar Ball? We all would. And how, how oh, God, how, what would the ratings be on that? Tune in at seven as Shaq goes one-on-one with LeVar Ball. Oh, man. 
Even if it was a total joke, I'd still tune in to see it. <laughs> I also, by the way, I also have an announcement to make. Um, okay. It is with a bit of a heavy heart that I must announce that uh, I will no longer be hosting this show, as this will be my last show, because uh, I will be old before next Wednesday, and I might not make it to the next show. <laughs> Do you have a birthday coming up, Tim? I will be, I will be turning 51. Good God. Um, 51. I'm not sure if the laws of uh, the podcasting laws of Canada allow senior citizens to do sports podcasts without the official <laughs> uh, licensing, and uh, my licensing hasn't come in yet. Um, and I don't want to be a one-off senior citizen podcaster, so this might, this might be my last shot. Yeah, right. Uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs> that was that was tough to get out on the air. Uh, I feel better about well, things now. Well, happy birthday, Tim. Happy early birthday, and we hope it's the best one yet. But we want to thank you guys for listening in to our episode this week. We had a lot to discuss, and I think we only scratched the surface. We'll be talking about a lot of these moves that were made tonight and possibly even into tomorrow, next week, and we'll be talking a lot more next week, and hopefully we get the reactions of Tom Robinson for next week. Also, you you lovely, lovely listeners, buy a few T-shirts, will you? Do a man of solid on his 50 That is true. That is true. Brand new T-shirts are available. I've posted pictures online. They will be up on the website soon. Hopefully, we'll have them up before next week's episode of Wide Men Can't Jump. So, keep an eye on that. We will do our best to have the new episode or to have the new T-shirts up, hopefully, over the weekend. So, keep an eye out for that. Order a T-shirt. Bobby Boys himself. Is, will allow one of us to fornicate with him while he was walking <laughs> backwards, I believe, while he puts on the shirt. It's that sexy. It, it is. It is. And you can check him out on Twitter. I'll post another link, or I'll post a picture of him again it. tonight. Take what is Bobby it? Blaze. Don't take my word for it. Take Bobby Blaze's word for it. You should That's take it. Bobby Blaze's word for it. Everyone should take Bobby Blaze's word for everything. The world would be a better yes. place. It would be. But, again, thank you guys for listening. You can find us on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and on WideMenCan'tJump.com, where this show will be uploaded. Follow us on Twitter at WideJump. Tim's at Tileman68. I'm at MMITM. Nathan Tom's at TR Shock, and we hope he'll be back with us next week. His work has been calling him in on Wednesday night, so hopefully we can do something to get him back on the show next week. I've been busy on Twitter trying to piss off NHL franchises, and it's kind of starting to work. <laughs> well, good. We're we're proud of you for that. Yeah, I've been trolling. I've been trolling. I've been trolling the Edmonton Oilers a little bit, and uh, they're not liking it too much. But they can't really argue because they suck. So, but anyway, <laughs> that's right. well, as long as as long as you make it feel better, you might end up blocked like I did by Baron Corbin. So, but guys, thanks again for listening. We want to send a big thank you to the law offices of Stephen P. New and CamBay.com. Check out CanBay.com. Use promo code WIDEMAN. Get 20 free credits just for signing up. And, again, it ain't college. You won't need 20 credits to finish. So go ahead and get in there and get your credits. It ain't a sin if you're not sticking it in. Amen. Can't forget that. And, again, thanks, everybody. Hope to check it out. Get a new T-shirt. We'll have them sent out to you as soon as we can. We'll have them up on the website. If you want one before we get them on the website, 
just hit me up on Twitter or on Facebook, and we'll make it happen. I'll get you my PayPal information, and we'll get that sent out to you ASAP. So thanks again, guys. Check out all the stuff on WideMenCan'tJump.com. Tim, anything else you want to add before we get out of here? I'm good to go, my friend. Good to go. All right. Thanks again for listening, everybody. And I'll say it one more time. Peace. I ain't even gotta say it, that's just something they know. Thanks for listening to the Wide Men Radio Network located at blogtalkradio.com and at widemencantjump.com. Be sure to check out our blogs over at widemencantjump.com and also be sure to check out all the other shows that we put out. You can find us on iTunes, Podcast Static, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Also, at widemencanjump.com. Visit our store and buy some new t-shirts. They're available now in all sizes. This show is brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com and by cambay.com. Be sure to visit cambay.com and use promo code WIDEMEN to get 20 free credits on your purchase. Thanks for listening again, and we'll see you next time for the next episode on the Wide Men Radio Network.